Hey, good afternoon to you. You're on Triple H, 100.1 FM. Uh, this program is called Rotary Matters, and my name is Ian Stewart, and it's really good to be with you again. Now, what is your reaction to the numbers 13, 11, 14? It's a number we see and hear more and more across all media. And the reason for this is that this is the helpline number for Lifeline, whose services are in demand more than ever before. Let me tell you a bit about Lifeline, and more specifically, Lifeline Harbour to Hawkesbury, the branch that services most of the Triple H 100.1 FM footprint. And, and what all this has got to do with books? Well, back in 1994, Lifeline won a tender with Karingai Council to occupy a building that was previously the Gordon Library. A community campaign was run with the support of local media to refurbish the old library into a Lifeline Centre with sufficient suitable spaces for expanded telephone and face-to-face crisis support services. In 1996, the building was ready and the organisation moved into its present home at uh, Park Avenue in Gordon. Uh, and since 1996, Lifeline Harbour Hawkesbury has grown from its very t- relatively small beginnings, operating a telephone counselling service into a large centre providing a wide range of crisis support, suicide prevention services, as well as face-to-face counselling services and programmes. It's an independent Lifeline Centre managed by a small number of dedicated staff who are also responsible for coordinating around 800, 800 variously skilled volunteers. And volunteers provide support in all areas of operation, including services, administration, retail and fundraising. Lifeline would simply not be able to continue their potentially life-saving work without the support of volunteers, including a good number of many Rotarians. Which brings me to the very popular Lifeline book fairs, now generating half a million dollars a year to support Lifeline's work. Now, the biggest of these book fairs takes place in six days' time. It's at Knox Grammar School in Moronga, and I'd urge you to get along and browse the thousands of books on display. Actually, there are over 110,000 books. It's all very well laid out, with titles to suit all ages and tastes. But, you know, putting this mammoth event together takes a year of meticulous planning and hard work. And the man who leads the book fair team running the event next week is Michael Cleary, our guest today on Rotary Matters. I'll be asking him how it all works, what you can expect to find there, including details of some rare and collectible books which will be put up for auction during the fair. It's a great story, so, so please stay tuned. But look, uh, just in case you're coming to us for the first time, uh, I'll give you a quick update on Rotary. It's a worldwide movement, and it's the concept of putting service above self that underpins everything that they do. And it's stories about these extraordinary, generous and heartwarming acts of service that forms the basis of this weekly programme, which is called Rotary Matters. Around the world, there are 1.2 million members and 36,000 Rotary Clubs in 220 countries. Here in Australia, we have 26,000 Rotarians and 1,100 clubs. And it's in the clubs where you'll find the beating heart of Rotary. Ordinary and extraordinary men and women of all ages who want to make a difference, focusing on local problems, on youth programmes, on supporting international aid projects and tackling health challenges like uh, polio and malaria. So in Rotary Matters, we bring you interviews which delve into some of these challenges and along the way, we meet some inspirational Rotarians and their beneficiaries. Beneficiaries like life, life, like a lifeline, which we're discussing today. So, 
Today we're meeting Michael Cleary to tell us about the upcoming Lifeline Book Fair, the biggest in Sydney time, and I spoke with Michael uh, by Zoom just a couple of days ago. So, Michael Cleary, give us an idea, if you would, about the Lifeline Book Fair. When did it all get going? Well, a fairly long time ago, Ian. The uh, first book fair uh, was held in 1989. Um, so that's 33 years since we held our first one. Um, it was much smaller than the book fairs we have today. I checked the records and uh, we made $1,690 in that first book fair. Right. So they've grown a, a fair bit since then. Excellent. And so the, the proceeds, it's called the Lifeline Book Fair. Uh, the proceeds naturally go to Lifeline. And why, um, why do Lifeline, Lifeline need uh, the proceeds? Well, I think most people would be aware of the, uh, the very valuable services that Lifeline provide to the community. Uh, they have the 13, 11, 14 crisis uh, phone line that people can phone if they're in need. Um, but as well as that, they also provide a whole range of counselling services, um, everything from gambling counselling, financial counselling, uh, people with per- personal counselling, um, there's a whole range of additional services. Um, Lifeline, we get uh, a lot of our money is actually provided by government, state and federal government and, and councils to provide different services. Um, but we also uh, provide a lot of those services uh, by funding them ourselves. Uh, so the book fairs are a very important part of Lifeline's overall funding. Okay, so the book fair, as you say, began 33 years ago, but it has grown since then to other locations. Uh, give us an idea, if you would, um, how this has happened. Yeah, so we started off just with a a small book fair um, and then at some stage during the process as it grew, uh, we needed bigger premises um, and we started having a book fair at Knox. So that was was our first major book fair. Um, We've been at Knox Grammar School ever since. Um, They've been very supportive of everything that we do. But over time, um, we kept getting more and more donations and uh, raised more money for Lifeline. And every dollar that we raised could provide additional services. So we've continued to grow um, our book fair um, operation. Um, so over time, we um, st- uh, started some new book fairs. So we, ha- we also held book fairs in uh, Chatswood, um, Hornsby, out at Castle Hill. Uh, we had one at Macquarie Uni for a little while. Uh, we started another one at Barker College last year. So we've got a we run uh, five book fairs each year now, um, and we also have a second depot. So we originally started off with a, a depot where we received donations and processed books at West Linfield. Um, but as that grew and we had more and more volunteers keen to expand things, we also set up a second depot in Hornsby. Um, so we've got two depots and a whole range of book fairs. And Michael, um, a couple of uh, re- retail bookshops. Yes, that's a, a fairly recent innovation, uh, largely driven by um, COVID impacts. Um, for the last two years, we haven't, weren't able to hold any book fairs at, at Knox, for example. We had to cancel two book fairs at Knox, partly because of the number of people that turn up at them. Uh, they get, can get very crowded at times. And so we felt it wasn't safe to be holding book fairs um, at, at, at that time. But we did have a lot of books that we'd already had stored. And we also wanted to make them available to the community and also raise money for Lifeline. So we felt a better way to sell them at that time was to, to start up a bookshop. So we originally had one in Roseville for a few months as a bit of a trial. And then that worked very well. Uh, so then we took a premises in Linfield, uh, which you, you know very well, Ian, because you were very supportive in helping set that up. Um, and then when that went very well, we set up a second bookshop in Hornsby. And both of those shops are, are very, uh, very popular in the local communities. Uh, they're, they're quite profitable for Lifeline, which is good. Um, so I think we'll keep those going for the foreseeable future. The good thing about them is they provide a venue. Some people love the book fairs. They're so exciting and there's so many books. It's a really uh, enjoyable experience for a lot of people. 
other people find the crowds a bit overwhelming. So for them to be able to go to a bookshop, which is open six days a week, browse at their leisure, not have too many other people around, that suits them as well. So it's, uh, it's been a, a very uh, good innovation, I think, for, for a range of um, book services. So well done to you for all of that. You mentioned donations uh, coming in. What is the process for acquiring donations? Do you go out and advertise for them or do you have to buy them? Or how does it happen? Uh, we used to advertise for them uh, when we first started. Um, but now we find that we get receive enough donations through the very kind community, just donating their, their books. You know, people having cleanups, um, downsizing, um, or just generally um, seeing the value of you know, reading a book and then donating it to Lifeline for, um, for somebody else to read. So we, just, we seem to be just receiving the right number of books at the moment. People donate them. Uh, we've got two, two locations where people can donate books. So down at our West Linfield Depot in Polding Road, uh, we accept donations there Monday to Thursday between 9 and 3. And then we also have a shed at Gordon in the car park at Gordon at uh, 4 Park Avenue next to the Lifeline office. And that's open all of the time. So people can leave books in that sh those sheds as well. But we're very, very grateful to everybody in the community that uh, keeps us going through their book donations. But, but Michael, with the um, surge in ebooks, I'd have thought the number of books that were required, physical books, would have uh, dropped off. Has there been any impact of ebooks? Yeah, I mean, that's what we thought what might happen as well. We we're a little bit concerned about the, you know, the long term viability of our of our business um, and probably back in around 2012 2014 in that sort of period when ebooks were a new a new thing and quite popular we did actually saw a drop off in our sales for a few years um, which is a was a touch concerning um, but then without any real reason suddenly that they seemed to go a bit out of out of favor um, and the, the physical book came back again so ever since then just about every one of our book fairs has generated greater sales than the one before um, we get a lot of people turning up at them, all very excited about physical books. And what's really pleasing, it's, it's all ages. So it's not just, you know, old fuddy-duddies like you and me who uh, grew up with books. It's the, um, you know, young people, families with kids. It's amazing. If, you, if somebody comes on to our book fair, you'll see the range of, uh, of, of people there. And it's, uh, I, think, I think books have had a bit of a resurgence um, since the, the e-book started. And we're, we're very confident that um, that will continue. Good, good. So um, I imagine you get a lot of donations that you cannot actually um, put to market. Um, is there, are there any sort of common patterns about uh, items that you don't want people to donate? I mean, generally we accept all books. Um, we sort of, uh, you know, we go through and process them, but some things that we can't really handle, um, encyclopedias, um, I know they all cost a lot originally when they were bought, but we just can't can't sell them you know that's something that is online now um, national geographics we can't sell magazines uh, we don't we don't accept um, and also I mean, it's, it's difficult with old books because obviously a lot of old books are very valuable um, but books that don't have any rarity value if they're not if they're in poor condition um, dirty or torn um, they're things that we can't really on sell I, I think a good test is you know is it a book that you would be happy to buy in a second-hand bookshop um, that's that's probably a good a good test point. We, we recycle any books that, that we can't use at our book fairs, um, so they you know, they do get sort of re, repurposed in that sense. So, so yeah, they're not in general. It's it's not it's not they're not going to landfill. They're being re recycled. So even if people donate items that you cannot put to market, at least you can be they can be confident they're going to go uh, to be to be recycled. So that's Michael, right. the the next book fair is coming up at the end in mid-July, 
Um, how are you actually going about promoting uh, this book fair? Um, we use a, a range of different methods for promoting the book fairs, Ian. Um, one of the most effective are our roadside signs. So we put banners and core flutes up on you know, council sites, um, on the roadside in different places, um, and that they get great visibility. Um, we've also had a lot of good support this for this book fair from uh, Sydney Trains. They've allowed us to put signage up on a lot of their stations to get the commuting traffic um, aware of the book fair. So the signs are a big thing. We put ads in some of the, the local papers, although they have... Uh, there are less of those around now, sadly. Some of them have closed over the last few years. Um, we use social media a lot. Uh, so things like our website, uh, we send out emails to our we have a mailing list. Um, and we use things like Instagram and Facebook as well to try and let people know about the book fair. So, um, and, and, and the, other, the other very positive thing, I think, is word of mouth. So um, we find that people have, that have been to one of our book fairs generally enjoy it so much, they let other people know. And so... And our volunteers as well. They, we've got a, you know, over almost 200 volunteers now working for us, and so they they also help spread the word. Well, and hopefully this radio broadcast will drive some people to the to the book fair as well. Uh, Michael Cleary, um, what uh, categories can people expect to find when they walk into the book fair? Just about everything you can imagine. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we have we we sort the books into into categories, um, so there are, are over 50 categories. Um, Everything from you know children's books and fiction in different categories to cooking, craft, gardening, history, tra travel, transport. There's a whole range of different uh, of different uh, categories that are designed to make it easy for people to find the books they're looking for. And even within those categories, we then often um, subcategorise books. So if somebody's looking for a history book, it's then divided into Australian history or European history or you know, ancient history. So there's, uh, we, we try and make it as easy as possible, but we also want them to have to have a bit of a search. So they look through things and see, they might come across a book that they weren't necessarily looking for, but they, uh, they see it and, uh, and grab hold of it. Michael, you're a very cunning retailer with a statement like that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the, um, the most popular category of all of those? So that's a question that uh, we'll get an answer to a little later on in today's program. The program is called Rotary Matters. So we're talking today about Sydney's biggest book fair, begins in six days' time and is being held at Knox Grammar School in Warunga. And I spoke with the organiser of the book fair, the main organiser, um, Michael Cleary is his name, and I asked him what is the most popular category of books that are being offered at the book fair? And there's 110,000 books to choose from. It's all broken down into subcategories. Here's what Michael had to say. Well, I think, I think probably the largest and most popular would be fiction and uh -huh. children's. And we have up there at yeah. There are largest categories. Everybody likes to read a novel, or most people. So there's um, we have general fiction, but then we also have other sort of categories in the fiction area, such as sci-fi, um, young adults, literature, sort of the prize-winning type books. Um, we have an old favourites category, which is sort of some of the, the older authors that are still you know, still in, in flavour at the moment. So yeah, that, those two are you know are very popular. And then of the others, things like you know, history is a very large category and a very popular one. Uh, we, cooking as well. I'm always surprised at the number of cooking books we get donated, but then the numbers that people buy. So yes, it, it's, so, it's certainly still a big, uh, a big category. I, I read that um, for this book fair, you'll have over a hundred thousand titles being offered. I mean, would it be fair to say that about a third of those would be targeted at children? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Quarter to a third. Yeah, but there's a lot and. Uh, the other thing about the kids' books are they're generally they're generally thin books. When we when we take a box of those, there it's uh, 
they have a lot in them. So there's it's amazing the number of children's books we have. Well, talking about taking books there, uh, much of this is done for you by volunteers. Where does it all begin? If you wanted to volunteer at the book fair or in, in the whole program, uh, what sort of roles are available and uh, at what point would you be able to jump in? Yeah, so as you say, there's a whole range of opportunities for volunteers. Um, we have a, a core group of volunteers that, are, that volunteer with us regularly at, at our book depot or in our bookshops. And they do all sorts of tasks from what, what we call sorting through the books that come in. So working out which ones we should be keeping for the book fairs. Um, then there's people that clean books, sort them into categories. Um, we have category leaders for each category. So they're sort of the experts in their particular field. So we might have a school teacher that looks after the education category or a, uh, an ex-army person might, might look after military. Or in some cases, it's just somebody that's interested in a particular area. So they'll, they'll go through the books and price them and pack them into boxes. And then we have people that their main function is to, is to carry boxes around. I mean, we, we're dealing with a, you know, a heavy product. Um, so we need people that can help unload cars when donations come in or take boxes down into our storage area. Um, and then we, we also have people that work in our shops on a regular basis as you know, salespeople. So there's a whole range of jobs uh, that are part of our sort of regular depot operation. Um, and then for the book fairs, we have a whole new team of people that come in um, and they, are, they tend to be people from a number of different areas. So some of them are sort of friends and relatives of, of our regular uh, volunteers. So we just turn up, they will be invited to come along and help out with a particular task related to the book fair. Um, some, we, we get a number of corporates that help us and that, that's very valuable. As, you know, it's a part of their, their days, their volunteer days, they do as part of their, their work arrangements. Um, we get some, a lot of rotary people come and help us um, from different rotary groups. Um, and we also get a lot of students that, that help. So for example, this book fair, we'll have students from Knox and also uh, Loretto College at Normanhurst will be coming along to help us both with the setup and, and during the book fair itself. So we get a lot of great support. Um, the, the main sort of activities during the book fair that where volunteers help are uh, with the setting up. So it's a big job of moving all the boxes from our depot and other storage areas to Knox. And then once we get the books there, they all have to be opened up and sorted and tidied up and put on, put out on display. Um, and we also, about a, we won't be able to display all of the books that we have on the first morning. So there'll also be a process of gradually restocking on each day of the book fair uh, with some backup stock. So again, the volunteers help us with, with all of that. Um, if anyone, we're always looking for volunteers, both to help at the depot on a regular basis, but also to help with the, uh, at the book fairs. And, and the, the best way to um, express your interest in that is to go onto the Lifeline website. And there's a volunteer page there, which has a, a space where you can um, put your details in and, and, and also nominate for what you'd like to volunteer for. As far as, as well as the book fairs, Lifeline also does a lot of other, provides a lot of other services that where volunteers help as well. So people can also get involved with that. Um, so the, the website, I was just going to give the website for anyone that's interested. It's fairly simple, just www.lifelineh2h.org.au. Okay, and I'll repeat that again before, before we finish. Are there any titles that uh, you don't actually put up for immediate sale, but are considered so valuable that you might even consider putting them up for auction? Yes, well, at, at this book fair at Knox, uh, we do have a, a silent auction. So these are books that, I guess you'd call them special books. They're either, either valuable or rare or, or particularly interesting. Um, and we've done this for a number of years now at, at, at the Knox book fair. It's the only one of our book fairs that has an auction. So we, you know, we keep the best books for this one. Um, and this year, we've got 82 books that will be up for auction. 
we call it a silent auction, um, but what all that really means is that people submit bids during the book fair. So on the, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday of the book fair, they can submit bids for those books um, either in person or, or over the phone if they wish. Um, and then at the close of the book, or at 12 o'clock on the Sunday of the book fair, we close that auction off. We open the bids. Essentially, it's a tender process um, and the highest bidder is, you know, wins that book. So it's a, trick, a bit of a tricky bidding process because you've got to, you know, you've got to bid the price that you think is going to win it. But obviously, um, most people probably don't want to overbid. So... Um, they, they just lodge bids for the books and it's all, it always goes very well. There's um, always a lot of interest in that process. So do they pick up their book on the Sunday afternoon if they were a successful yeah. bidder? Yeah, they can if they wish. We'll, we'll contact people on the Sunday afternoon to let them know that they have been successful. They can either pick it up at the book fair till we close at 5pm or after that we can either arrange to mail it out to them or they can pick it up from our office at Gordon. Um, there's a few different ways they can get the books. So um, can you give us an idea of a particular title? that's being uh, offered this time in the rare or collectible section? Yeah, there's, there's a few interesting books there. Um, three that caught my mind um, were, we've got a, a first edition of An Our Selection by Steel Rudd from 1899. Um, so that's a, a bit of a collector's item. And we've also got a, a first UK edition of Breakfast at Tiffany's by Truman Capote. Um, so again, that, and it's, that's a beautiful looking book as well, in very good condition. And when's that and, from, uh, Michael? What's the date of that breakfast at Tiffany's? You're asking me tricky questions there, Ian, but uh, right. 1958. 1958. 1958 <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the, uh, the other one that I thought was uh, I, I might bid for myself is While the Billy Boils by Henry Lawson. And that's, again, that's a, a, a first edition from 1896. Wow. And a little, you know, it's, it's showing its age a little bit, but it's still in good, you know, in good condition. And, uh, and so that's, uh, there are a couple of, couple of rarities there and the, the Steel Road and Henry Lawson ones, I think. So I'm sure they'll be very, very keenly bid. So you've no idea who donated those. Did they just come in at random? They just come in at random. That happens with most of the things that we get. We sort of find things and we think, oh, that's, that's a nice book. And it just, it's just turned up. So I don't know whether people are being very generous or in some cases, maybe they don't realise the, the provenance of the book. But um, we're very grateful for everything we receive. That's wonderful. So looking ahead, Michael, um, what sort of help would you like um, within your committee or your wider community to develop the book fair so that it um, becomes even bigger and better and, and creates a, a greater yield for, for Lifeline? Yeah, I think if there was, I mean, obviously there's just the general volunteering and that's very important. We really appreciate all the, all the help that volunteers provide us. Um, but in terms of a specialist area that I think we could do with some extra help, um, our social media promotion is something that would be that would be very helpful to find somebody that um, has some some expertise, or even if they don't have the expertise, an interest in that area to sort of you know, learn as they go. Um, we do have um, a number. Of, we have some people who are sort of in, interested in that and are helping out in different ways. Um, but I certainly think it's an area where we could do a lot more. Um, so that would be a very helpful helpful thing. I'm talking mainly about things like Facebook and Instagram and um, any, any other sort of ways that we can um, get the word out there. And, and part of it is just coming up with ideas about how to present things or, you know, either being a bit creative or, or just knowing, knowing how some of those um, platforms work. So if, uh, listeners, if you've got a, an interest in developing that a bit further, you can contact um, Michael Cleary, who is my guest today, through the uh, Lifeline Harbour to Hawkesbury uh, website, and he'll be happy to have a chat with you about... Uh, what what is needed and and how you might help 
Michael, the next book fair comes up. What are the dates again? And can you just give us the dates and the times? Yep, sure. So it starts on uh, next on, yeah, next Thursday, the 14th of July, and runs through to Sunday, the 17th of July. And on the first two days, the Thursday and the Friday, we're open from 9am until 9pm. And then on Saturday and Sunday, 9am until 5pm. Um, so that, yeah, that's those are the dates of it. And the location again? It's in the Weeks Hall at Knox Grammar School. Um, the, Weeks, the Weeks Hall is a, a new venue for us. Um, so for people that have been to the book fair before, it's at the opposite end of the school to the previous hall that we used. It's at the Baramble Street gates, which is a great spot because it's adjacent to an undercover school car park, which is available for all of our customers to use. Um, so it's just up the road in Baramble Street. We're also a two-minute walk from Warrawee Station. So very handy if you want to come by public transport, um, just up the station stairs and across a road and you're, you're at the book fair. I know you'd like it if people brought their own shopping bags. Yes, yes. I mean, we, we supply some bags and we have some boxes there, but it's very helpful if people can bring their own bags. Um, it just saves, saves on us uh, supplying those. So listeners, Sydney's biggest book fair, 14 to 17 July, Knox Grammar School on the highway at Warunga. Make yourself, make your way there and expect this vast array, 110 titles, 110,000 titles being offered. Books, CDs, DVDs. Have you got some jigsaws, Michael? We sure have. Uh, That's again a relatively new uh, new thing, but yeah, we've got jigsaws and- Stamps. Some games as well, some stamps, rec- yep. some vinyl, yes, yeah, so all those sorts of things. So. And vinyl records yeah. as well. Look, I, well, I've been before many times and I can attest to the, the buzz in, in the book fair. The atmosphere while you're there is, is electric as people fill their bags with, with piles and piles of, of books with a great sense of joy at the bargain that they have snared and the anticipation they feel as they will, will be able to enjoy the, their purchases. So, Michael Cleary, um, again, thank you very much for your time. Good luck with it all next week. Listeners, www.lifelineh2h.org.au uh, will give you these same details again. And Michael, we wish you every success. Thanks very much, Ian, and thanks for your great support.